Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Winning in Seattle. It's not a foreign concept for this team. Neither is winning on the road. We'll share the impressive numbers. Mike Jarecki has his three keys to victory, what it's going to take to secure win number nine. But first, as we've done every day this week, the latest on Kyler Murray. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 499, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. We're looking for signs, MJ signs that Kyler Murray will play on Sunday. And right now, barring a setback, signs are pointing in the direction that he will play. At least that's what the signs are telling me. What do you see when you look at the signs? Well, if you want to go back to after the Packers game, um, the, the last two weeks he hasn't practiced at all. And this week he was on the practice field, now listed as limited. Uh, game day decision. You know, I you hate to guess, um, but I would think the arrow's pointing in the right direction, but I don't have a definitive answer. I have a definitive answer, but it's just an opinion. Does that count as a definitive answer? Well, that's the way you feel, yeah. All right, he's playing. He's starting. That's Again, that's me without knowing anything, just watching again. We have very limited access during the open portion of practice, but he seems to be moving fine. Again, it's not full speed. It's not a full practice. At least we don't think it's a full practice, and that's what we see on the injury report, that it's not a full practice, yet it is good to have him on the practice field, period. We'll go with what head coach Cliff Kingsbury said on Friday. If he can play, he'll be out there. And the key, though, is what Kingsbury said after that as far as the acceleration, and by that, how Kyler is moving in and out of the pocket. Can he escape and not just be a sitting duck between the tackles? That's what I gleam from that. And that's something that we don't know because we haven't seen that. There's only one person that can answer that question, and that is the quarterback himself. Yeah. Now, do I want him to play? Yes, because I think they need him. Um, again, you can't throw away any games. I'm not saying they did against the, um, the Carolina Panthers. He wasn't ready to play. A couple other guys were out, so – you know, the thing is, it's a long season, So, but I, I just think he's made progress. Does that mean that he's going to be as effective as he has in the past? I don't know, but we just know that he's become a better pocket passer. I mean, he's only run, what, 147 yards this year, which is, you know, obviously not the same the last couple of years, and he's trying to protect his body so he can withstand a 17-game schedule, including the postseason. But, you know, and then according to Kingsbury, it looks like Colt made some progress this week. The quote was getting there, whatever that means. But I'll go back to what we did not see this week. Another sign that points me in the direction that Kyler Murray will play on Sunday. And the fact is that it's just Murray, McCoy, Strebler, three quarterbacks on this roster, active roster, practice squad, whatever. There was not an additional quarterback signed at any point this week. So that leads me to believe the signs are telling me that once again, amongst those three, two have to be good to go. And I'm hoping that it's K1 and Colt McCoy. Yeah, and we mentioned it earlier in the week. I think if they would have signed uh, any quarterback, and we know that they tried to get uh, 
Shane Bouchel. Shane Bouchel off the Chiefs practice squad. That would have been if Colt McCoy couldn't go. That's what I was told. So it really wasn't affecting Kyler Murray just based on what I was told. And, you know, obviously, you know, Colt was injured in that game, and that's when Chris Trevler came in there. And, you know, the good news is everything, when, when it came to the test, everything was good there. It was just more probably more of a tolerance pain. Um, but, again, we'll just have to wait and see. But I, I do like, you know, where this team is – and what they're saying about, you know, knowing what's at stake here, we know it's going to be a physical game. Um, you know, they're going to play spoiler role because they're trying to save their season. And the Cardinals realize what's at stake. I'm sure they would like to push the fast forward button to get past the bye. But you got to play this game first before you get to the bye. And then you worry about the last six games after that. So question mark again with Kyler Murray. We do not have questions about DeAndre Hopkins. He will not play. He's been ruled out. We have not seen Hopkins since the Green Bay game. Literally, I have not seen D-Hop since that game. He has not been on the practice field. Still dealing with that hamstring injury. Kingsbury hopeful that Murray, excuse me, that that Hopkins will be able to return after the bye week. Justin Pugh will not play this week. He's dealing with a calf issue. So, we're going to have at least, once again, potentially see Sean Harlow as your guard. But the good news is, is Max Garcia, in the words of Coach Kingsbury, quote, has a chance to go this week after missing last week. Yeah, and when you tune into live from the sidelines, we'll get an idea. i got to assume that Max Garcia is going to be the right guard, and then Sean Harlow will play left guard just based on him filling in for Pew during training camp when he was out. And, and the fact that he's got some familiarity playing next to Rodney Hudson and D.J. Humphreys, we'll just have to wait and see. That's why you need to tune in because Grillo is the eye in the sky. He, he Right where we're ready to uh, the log uh, sign off, they get into their drills, and all of a sudden they, you, they show the starters. So that's just a heads up if you want to listen to us. Coming up, usually it's about what, about hour before hour before kickoff, and that'll be coming up on Sunday. The game starts at two twenty-five local time. So if it is Harlow at left guard and Garcia at right guard, that will be the eighth different starting combination on the offensive line, and the seventh in the last nine games. Yet this offense continues outside of the Panthers game, continues to do good things, and hopefully even better things with Kyler Murray as your signal caller. At least that is my anticipation. Now, there is some other good news. Buda Baker, even though he was not seen during the open portion of practice on Friday and did not practice at all on Thursday, some concern because he showed up limited with a heel injury on Wednesday, but Kingsbury made it sound. Well, he didn't make it sound. He was out of it. Buda Baker is good to go, which for me is a sign of relief because he's missed one game over the last three seasons, and that game was last year at Carolina. We know how that transpired in against the Panthers. So good to have. And I, it would have been a surprise not to see number three on the field, especially in Seattle, his hometown, you know, the team that he grew up watching and rooting for. So it would be hard for Buda Baker to miss that game. Yeah, and we know how valuable he is. You know, I look at Marcus Golden, the glue of the defense. I think, you know, nothing against Chandler Jones and the way he's playing. Buddha's really the, the face of the defense, and he does a great job getting guys lined up. So, he, I mean, you want your five-star players to play like five-star players, and including him. And, you know, he's a guy that can do a lot of different things. He can blitz off the edge. He can come in and help run support. He can cover in the secondary. So, 
you know, I, I like that tandem out there. I like the three corners, and I like Jalen Thompson, and I like Buda Baker, and people say next man up, there would be a huge drop-off. No disrespect to Deontay Thompson, no disrespect to Chris Banjo. Banjo's a really good special teams player, but they're not Buda Baker. Absolutely not. Also, Corey Peters on the practice field for the first time this week on Friday. He's been dealing with a shoulder injury and did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, so good to see Corey Peters back on the field. One other quick note before we move into the matchup coming up on Sunday. Jonathan Ward, he will not play again this week, but Kingsbury sounded optimistic that we are getting closer to seeing the Cardinals running back on the football field. He took a tremendous hit near the goal line on special teams. We haven't seen him since he was carted off the field, but Ward is doing well and, again, like Hopkins, expected to be back after the bye week. So that's three guys that were anticipating Pugh, Hopkins, and Ward, and then based on Edmonds being missing three games, not three weeks, look for him to come back for the Monday night game against the Rams. So you'd have three of those guys possibly come back for the Bears game and then again one more guy and hopefully no injuries occur this weekend because they're they're setting themselves up for those final six games with a healthy roster considering where we are in the season. That's good news and a good point that you make because yes guys are coming back but you can't have guys leave you have to maintain the health that you have and hope that those guys that have been missing Come back ready to go after the bye week. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. A reminder, Bird Gang, Pro Bowl voting is underway. Go to NFL.com slash Pro Bowl votes. You can vote early. You can vote often. Vote through December 16th. Send your favorite Arizona Cardinals players to Las Vegas Sunday, February 6th, Allegiant Stadium and the 2022 NFL Pro Bowl. All right, week 11. You mentioned it. 225 is the kickoff from Lumen Field. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Cardinals going into Seattle, 8-2. and two. The Seahawks come in with a record of 3-6. and six. But the road success for this Arizona Cardinals team, just two teams undefeated on the road. The Patriots, who improved to 5-0 and oh after beating the Falcons in Atlanta last night, and the Cardinals, who will try to do something the franchise has not done since 1948, win six consecutive road games to open a season. And, MJ, they're not just winning on the road, they're dominating on the road. Yeah, and it's interesting because last year we know that the players had to bring their own juice. You didn't have a lot of fans there. And this year it's almost even. I'm, I'm sure it's probably just one or three games when it comes to the home teams and you know, go figure. But you know, I, I, my, th- my thought and and my reaction is, I just think that you know maybe there's distractions when you're playing at home. Sometimes you get family to come in town, and this has happened for a long time. It's nothing unusual. Um, a lot of times, you know, you're gonna have friends in town. Uh, yes, they do stay at the team hotel, but then I'm sure they go back to their house in the morning. You know, kind of the routine here. It's a business trip. You get on the plane, it's a business trip. You go there and you have your meetings and, yes, you get a meal. You wake up the next day, you, you take a bus over to the stadium so there's no distractions. And, and it's no excuse. These guys are professionals and they know that they have to play better at home because if you're going to be a high seed, you're going to be playing games at home, uh, you're not going to forfeit and say, we want to play on the road. So, uh, But I do think the, it's a business trip. And, 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 again, when you're home, it's a little bit different. You leave on Friday, you know, they'll leave the facility on Friday and – you know, they know they got the walkthrough on Saturday here. You put the work in, enjoy your Friday night, 
get back here tomorrow, and then they fly out. So I, I just think it's more of a business trip to where, you know, you think you're playing at home. We just got to step on the field, and maybe that was the case last week with the, with the Panthers. It was a big topic of conversation this week, wanting to know why this is the case, and there's no real answer. Kingsbury, we've embraced the challenge and mentioned a band of brothers feel. Byron Murphy talked about how their energy level is incredibly high when they're on the road and not so much at home. That's something that they need to work on. Jordan Hicks brought up having more veterans on the team. Kyler Murray mentioned being about having more mature football team as far as this being year three for a lot of those young players within the same system. Zach Ertz suggested better verbal communication because when you have a hostile environment, how do you communicate? Hand signals, uh, little little tricks, if you will, and being able to go offensively at an up-tempo pace to where you take the crowd out of it. They're not able to kind of distract you. So I I can't pinpoint one reason or another, but the numbers are just incredible. They've scored at least 30 points in all five games. They've won by at least 12 points in all five games. Their plus 91 point differential on the road is easily the best in the league. So again, they're not just winning on the road. They're dominating on the road, and it's tough places at Tennessee. At the Rams, which has been difficult. At Cleveland, without your head coach. At San Francisco, without your starting quarterback. So, you know, not that I want this team to be road warriors come postseason. Knock on wood, this team does make it to the playoffs. But it's if you can figure out a way to do whatever you're doing, getting ready for a road game, to do what you get ready to do for a home game at State Farm Stadium, then I certainly like how this team is trending, especially those last six games after the bye. Now, in in Tampa, they flipped the coin. They're averaging 26 more points at home than they are on the road. And Aaron is trying to figure out what's happening on the road. Now, clearly, uh, maybe they're comfortable. Obviously, they went around the road three consecutive times in the postseason were able to host the Super Bowl in their own stadium. Again, maybe those guys just feel like this is our, our place and we're not going to let anybody come in here. Uh, maybe Brady's got to deal with some of the, the crowd noise and the snap count when you're on the road, but that's amazing that 26 less points on the road than at home, and quite the contrary for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, they're averaging better than 12 points on the road than they are at home, and that was something <laughs> that people have brought up. It's like, what are you doing? Why can't you – what's the wrong with the home struggles? Now, I say that because they're 3-2, and two, and we're making a big deal on those two losses, but you have to. That you, you only have 17 of these, so when you have two home losses of the eight, that's that's a bit of a red flag, at least it is for me. Yeah, and, and normally this year's a little bit different because the Cardinals on paper have nine road games. I always say, you know, you get eight home games, scratch out, I mean, realistically, six to seven, difficult to win all eight, okay? And then if you if you win six at home and you win four or five on the road, considering nine, now you're at, you know, nine to ten wins, possibly 11. So it's unusual, but um, it's, it's pretty remarkable because we're not talking about 10 a.m. starts anymore where this team struggled. They would leave on a Friday. Sometimes they would stay at the uh, Greenbrier if they had back-to-back road games, and they ask for that when the schedule comes out. But that has not been an issue, and I really think it's because Kingsbury has those early practices where they're adjusted, whether they're going three time zones over. Uh, but they've played really well on the road, and it, it's almost like, you know, they they, they feel like um, maybe they, they feed off the crowd because they're against them 
where at home, besides the Vikings and Packers game, it's been a pro-Cardinal crowd. It was last week against Carolina. It was against the Texans. You hear a lot of athletes say this, and I've never been in this position, but there is no better feeling when you go on the road and silence yes. that home crowd. You do something you early feed in off the game. That. Yep. And that all of a sudden, yeah, you feed off the silence as opposed to feeding off the noise at home. So, again, no rhyme or reason. It is what it is, kind of like why the Cardinals have had success in Seattle and why the Seahawks have had success here in Arizona. Cardinals have won four of their last six visits to Seattle. No team has won more at Lumen Field than the Cardinals. Eight wins in the Pacific Northwest, the most of any other visiting team. Second most, Rams and 49ers. They have five. So three fewer than the Cardinals, as we do math on the fly here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And some of those Seahawks games at State Farm Stadium have been pro-Seahawk fans. Yeah, a little bit too loud. Yes, and I, I remember that Thursday night game or you know, Sunday night game, and I couldn't believe how many fans were there, and then they won. So obviously they're on the set, and there was good, good seven to 8,000. And I, it's only happened a few times, and it really irks me when I see that. Um, there's one thing to win or lose a game, but when the fans are still hanging out after the game, go home. <laughs> Hopefully that's the case when the Seahawks <laughs> visit State Farm Stadium week 18, January 9th, to close out the regular season. A reminder, Pro Bowl voting underway, NFL.com slash Pro Bowl votes. Vote early, vote often. Voting runs through December 16th. Also, in case you missed this earlier in the day on Friday, Cardinals flight plan is returning November 24th. Ready to rise. It is season four, episode six. You can catch it on the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Cardinals. Behind-the-scenes coverage you've come to expect. You hear from the general manager, Steve Kime, James Conner, Zach Ertz, Marcus Golden, the latter of whom had a very interesting location for his interview. I'll just leave it at that. Again, Cardinals flight plan ready to rise November 24th on the Arizona Cardinals official YouTube channel. Week 11, Cardinals at the Seahawks. Seahawks are a desperate team, MJ. Russell Wilson this week talked about the team's high level of urgency to get the season turned around. They're 3-6, and six, 14th among 16 NFC teams. A loss doesn't end their playoff hopes, but it certainly puts a large dent in them. There's no doubt, and, and you're talking about them you know, going to have to stack about four to five wins in a row, and, and just based on what they've uh, done. Now, defensively, they're a lot better than they were to start the season when he went out. Um, and again, you know, a lot of it's predicated on being able to run the football. And if they don't have Chris Carson, that's going to be all, all the pressure is going to be on Russell Wilson. But, you know, he's played in a lot of big games. He's put this team on his back in the past, and I'm, I'm sure they're looking for him to kind of have a breakout game uh, based on what happened last week. All right, let's get to it. Mike Jarecki has homework on Thursday, so on Friday on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, we get Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory, the X-factor and intangible for the Cardinals to make sure they do not go into the bye week on a two-game losing streak and loses and losses in three of their last four. So, MJ, key number three. You want to start at number three? I'm sorry. No. Oh. Why, why Why? would we go backwards? That's All right. Three keys. What's key number one? Stop the run ASAP. No more talking. You know, 
they're doing a lot of talking. They know that it's been an issue. Obviously, when you look at the Packers game and you look at the uh, the previous game against the Panthers, that was the recipe. Run down the throat, keep the Cardinals offense off the field, convert on third down, time of possession, total total plays overall. So stop the run ASAP. There's no more talking. And if they don't have Chris Carson, advantage for the front seven. You know, we, we keep talking about you know, the run and how it, it looks awful, and it does. We've gone through the numbers, yet overall they've only allowed one running back to hit the century mark as far as rushing yards. Now, what we've seen, though, is teams have multiple running backs, whether it's a running back or a quarterback, gash this team. That's where it becomes a concern. But when you're looking at Dalvin Cook, he's the only one to eclipse the 100-yard rushing mark against this defense. So that sounds good, but it's, you know, the four-plus yards, four-and-a-half, five, five-and-a-half-plus yards on a carry, and then all of a sudden on second down, it's not second and long. It's second and short, third and short, and the defense has to account for everything as opposed to being able to rush the passer because it's third and long. Yeah, and, and Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he probably could have put up over 100 yards rushing, but he again, he did it more all-purpose. But, you know, I go back to the Packers game. They had the great one-two punch. Um, if Chris Carson doesn't play, they don't have the one-two punch. They don't have a Delvin Cook on that roster. So, again, this is the time to kind of get, you know, get, get, you know the, they're, they're not going to climb up the rankings just because we're talking about body of work. 60 snaps aren't going to change it. But from a mental standpoint, they'll get the confidence here going into the Bears game after the bye week. So, again, no more talking. Stop the run. And it's certainly going to be more difficult if Carson does not play. And we talked about – his ability and what he's able to do when he is healthy, though he is not 100% healthy, he is still on injured reserve as we speak here on this Friday afternoon, though he was designated to return a week ago. We'll have to wait and see. But you look at who else they have on the roster, Alex Collins. Though when you're showing up on the injury report on Thursday, did not play because of a groin injury, an injury that limited you the day before on Wednesday. Now you're trending down as opposed to trending up, so that doesn't bode well. And Rashad Penny, active last week, but did not play a single offensive snap. So they don't have much in the way of a running back, let alone a running game outside of Russell Wilson. Now, I went back and looked at all the games that they, he's played against the Cardinals. So that would be 18-10-7-1. Those first couple years – you know, the first time they played me had 20 yards and then 12 yards in that first year, then 29 and 32. And then in 2014, he had 73 and 88 in both games, okay? So if you look from 2012 to 2015, Craig, 287 yards rushing. Now, since then, about 199, so less than 100 yards rushing. Now, if you recall... You go back to last season when he played in the first game, he had six carries for 84 yards. Six carries. Now, the Cardinals won that game, and he and, and they ran the ball well, obviously, when he gets 84 yards. Um, in the last game they went against them, he only had two carries for seven yards. So he ran a lot more when he was younger because I think they had Marshawn Lynch, and they relied on that defense to, to force turnovers, get short fields, so he's not running as much. So I don't know what they're going to do if they don't have, you know, Chris Carson. If Collins is, is obviously not 100%. Clearly they probably have some other players on the practice squad. But uh, Rashad 
Penny may be forced into action considering he was active last week. So, again, uh, I just feel like whoever the running game is, I think, again, they're not going to skyrocket up the ratings or the rankings, but it will be more of a confidence thing, and I think the offense will feed off of that. Cardinals 19th against the run, 31st when you talk about rushing yards per play at 4.8. So stop the run is number one. What's number two? Well, force Russell Wilson to throw the ball. Can he throw the ball down the field? Can he throw it over 20 yards? And, you know, some of my other keys, but if you're going to try to stop the run, now you got to force Russell Wilson to throw the ball. And maybe he feels a lot better. Um, than a week ago. Um, maybe he came back a little too soon, but you know he's he's a guy that wants to play, and according to Pete Carroll, he, he heals really quickly. Um, but I want to see if he can make some tight throws. And if, if you got your, your secondary and Buddha's going to be out there, which is really good, and Jalen Thompson and your three corners, we'll see if he can throw in some tight windows, force him to throw the football. And you know that may that may be at a turn field position, um, and I, he may have to throw it 40 times like he did a week ago, and he only had 161 yards. Probably, you know, he targeted both Lockett and um, DK Metcalf 15 times, but they only had four catches. So, but I, I will say this: it's not just them. They got some other players on offense, which I'll get into when it comes to the intangible. But force Russell Wilson to throw the football. And hopefully you can get some turnovers. Wilson says his fingers fine. Although when you break down his 40 pass attempts and Next Gen Stats did this, he was 0 of 7 on deep passes, which is 20 or more yards. So to your point, let's see if Russell is able to convert on those pass attempts and get that offense moving because I'm expecting that this Russell Wilson we see on Sunday is the Russell Wilson we've come to expect, not the one last week in Green Bay. Couldn't agree more. And he he, he was asked about, you know, did you guys think about going under center? We, we've talked about how much that means to Kyler Murray. When you do that, you can run the ball from, from there where the running backs automatically starting to run and go through the hole. He said that he they thought about it, but he thinks he'll be under center more this week because he didn't do it at all. He said it was part of the game plan, but we never got to it. He said yesterday, we're going to try to run the ball under center more. So we'll see how that works. But um, force him, keep him in the pocket. We know he's Houdini, and you got to plaster your coverage on the, on the back end because he'll roll out the pocket, he'll try to escape, and he'll just throw it up there. Sometimes it's a 50-50 ball, and you got to think he's going to take his chances with DK Metcalf just based on his size. And the reason why the under center became something that Seattle reporters paid attention to last week is because you snap the ball under center, and all of a sudden you're getting that football right in your hands and the finger. How do, how do you handle that versus the ball being snapped to you from about four or five yards away where you're able to kind of better control which fingers, which thumbs you handle the football with. So if he's under center more often, then maybe that finger is doing a lot better. If he's not, well, that tells you that he's still not 100% despite rehabbing for 19 to 20 hours a day. Yeah, imagine <laughs> that. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a great observation on their part because it makes total sense after you, when, I, when I mentioned that he would like to be under center, and last week they really didn't try it. So – Force him to throw the ball again. He, he's going to throw it up down those 50-50 balls, and you got to hope that you can bat it down, or you you don't give up multiple long passes because chunk yards. Um, you know they're going to have to 
create a possession. They're going to have to do something to try to slow this Cardinals offense uh, down. Number three would be, you know, they didn't do it last week. The Cardinals, they came out and threw the ball three times. Uh, third and third and one, they had Eno Benjamin run. Fourth and one, they had Colt McCoy run. Cardinals need to establish the run early to take pressure off of Murray or Colt McCoy, depending who the quarterback is. So, And I think you're going to see more of a commitment. Um, yes, James Conner didn't carry the rock like he did the, the uh, previous week. So, And you got the bye week coming up. He keeps himself in good shape. We could see a change of pace back in you know, Benjamin. We know Rondo Moore um, is a guy that you can use in the flat. So I would try to establish the run early to take a little pressure off the quarterback. Cardinals last week against the Panthers ran the ball 20 times for 65 yards. But to your point, how they started that game with three straight dropbacks. Yes, it's what Kingsbury's does. It's what the offense is. But at the same time, coming off a game in San Francisco when you ran the ball so well and James Conner got into a lather and he felt the momentum and was able to run downhill so often, why was that not more a part of the game plan? So, you know, you, you learn from weeks prior. Now you certainly don't want to overcompensate, but I certainly would hope to see that James Conner or Eno Benjamin gets that football more often than not. But you'll see them more, I think, if you're able to have a better start. Getting down 14, 17, 23, nothing, I think really affected what Kingsbury wanted to do and Sean Kugler wanted to do with respect to that run game. Let's go back to the first half last week. Cardinals ran the ball six times for nine yards. Panthers ran the ball 17 times for 119 yards. Now, McCaffrey, 10 of 90, averaged 9 yards a carry. He had a 15-yard run. Hubbard had a 16-yard run. So they only ran the ball six times, and that's what happens when you're down 23-0 uh, at halftime. I established a run. That it, it, Listen, the offensive line loves to run block. Not, not, I mean, and Colt, he was 9 for 17, 67 yards, sack once, and he had the interception. I mean, uh, and, and for the you look at the first half for the um, the Panthers quarterback, they were 15 for nine, 19 for 25, 130 yards, and Cam Newton had the uh, the touchdown. So this is unacceptable. Six carries for nine yards, but when you're down 14, 17, nothing, you got to throw it, and that's not that that's not the Cardinals' offense. Run the ball opens up play action, and the Seahawks' defense number 26 against the run. So it is a defense that you can run and run successfully against this season. So Mike Jarecki's three keys to victory, stop the run, force Russell Wilson to throw and throw deep passes, and number three, establish the run early. Cardinals do all of that, and the words of Mike Jarecki, they will walk out of Lumen Field with a 9-2 and two record. As we talk about this Week 11 matchup here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. All right, those are the three keys What's your X factor here in this matchup? Turnover battle. Can the Cardinals do what they did against the 49ers, or can, are they going to do what they did against the Panthers? Because if, if you're Seattle and you don't want to get into a shootout here, you're going to try to force some turnovers. And we know when the Cardinals don't turn the ball over like any other team, when you're minus two, minus three, you got a 75 to 80% chance of losing. So win the turnover battle, whether it's 2-1, just don't be minus three. Because, you know, Jamal Adams, um, you know, he, he really can't cover, but he's a box safety. He'll come down. And then, you know, they got some guys that can rush the pass, even though they don't have a ton of um, 
pass rushers when it comes to sacks, but it's more by committee. So to me, X factor is the turnover battle, just like the 49ers game. If you're if you're turning the ball over in the first quarter, you're playing right into their hands now. They they can kind of dictate tempo, and maybe they'll slow it down. You know, but again, they're going to have to try to run the football out of that formation. Cardinals minus three against the Packers, plus three in San Francisco, and then it was a wash against the Panthers, though two early turnovers gave the Panthers ten quick points in that first half. Now, defensively, the Cardinals do force a lot of turnovers, 19 takeaways, the third most in the league. But as we discussed earlier here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, the Seahawks offense does not give the ball away, just six turnovers three interceptions by Russell Wilson Geno Smith had a couple and a fumble as well but that that's that's six that's that's a league low so Cardinals don't want to force the issue but forcing turnovers yes they need to be able to do that and this is worth mentioning since week four Seattle's third down defense ranks third in the NFL opponents are converting 29 percent so 23 for 79 and Seattle ranks fourth in the NFL since week four, allowing only 17.8s per game. Now, again, they held Aaron Rodgers without a touchdown, um, and he threw a couple picks, and, and so they weren't able to get going. But that you know that, that speaks volumes of that was a good Packers team, and it, the weather was horrible, so I don't know how much that was a factor. Um, but they did have Aaron Rodgers back, um, and, and, and it really didn't have any traction from their standpoint. But – that's from week four. I look at body work, um, but you could see the defense is getting a little bit better when Russell Wilson went down. Maybe they clamped up saying, we got to stop teams where if Geno Smith doesn't make mistakes, we can win some of those games. Unfortunately, it was one and two. Well, the last three games, the defense has allowed 13, 7, and 17 points. So they're not hitting that 20-point mark, and that's a sign. It's a mark of a great defense, considering we talk about how good the Cardinals' defense is. They're allowing less than 19 points a game this entire season. So who can protect the football the best? And going back to the Cardinals' road success, a lot of their success is because they're forcing turnovers and taking care of the football. And playing complimentary football. They did not play complimentary football last week. you got to give – the Panthers, they play complimentary football. They are able to run the ball, utilize some of their skill position players. Defensively, they force some turnovers. And then the way Zane Gonzalez kicked the ball, he was the NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. That's complimentary football. You had to bring that up, didn't you? I was going to let that slide the entire week. That's where I, that's where I was not waiting for the early morning email from the league office. I mean, listen, I, I don't have anything against him. You know, something was going on between the years right here. They gave him plenty of times to, to you know, break out, and uh, I got no issues with him going elsewhere. I just wish he didn't do it against us, and, and I'm thrilled to have Matt Prater here. All right. By the way, speaking of Matt Prater, congratulations to the Prater family. Proud new parents earlier this week. The Arizona Cardinals on social media tweeted out a picture of Matt Prater and his new baby. So congratulations to Matt Prater. And as head coach Cliff Kingsbury said, nope, not missing this game. Everything is good. Quote, he's fired up talking about Matt Prater. Congratulations. He should be. And uh, that's great that he's going to be here. Um, you know, you got to make that decision. And it, it was – Glad it didn't happen like Sunday afternoon, right? <laughs> yeah. You get that phone call. 
Was it? I think trainer Tom Reed has yeah. the emergency phone always by his hand, by yeah. his side just to make sure, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, seen guys leave practice because they get the call. Yeah. Just not like daily. <laughs> you see a guy leave and then they tell you that obviously she's in labor so we got to get to the hospital. All right, so we've gone through the three keys to victory, the X factor, last, the intangible here in week 11. Intangible is going to be the Cardinals secondary against D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Gerald Everett, who we haven't talked about a lot this week. He's a nice addition. Um, and then Will Disley. So we always focus on Metcalf and Lockett. I'm glad Buddha's playing. Gerald Everett is a target. He's being targeted. Maybe it's a, it's a safety net for any quarterback. Maybe Geno Smith, you know, thought I can get him the ball. He's he's a guy that can catch. And Will Disley's a guy that you probably don't pay a lot of attention to. You know, when they they had other tight ends up there, um, but when you only have two, they really have two number one wide receivers. But I think Gerald Everett has been a good addition for them, and uh, I, I'm just it's not the wideout. So the the safeties are going to have to do their job, and I'm confident when it comes to Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. Everett, a free agent signee, had been with the Los Angeles Rams, so Cardinals very well aware of what Gerald Everett is capable of doing, and we're well aware of what Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are capable of doing. You look at the numbers Metcalf has against the Cardinals, four career games, six catches, 75 yards on 15 targets. The Cardinals, i.e. Patrick Peterson, have done a very good job against Metcalf. Now the question is, if you're defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, your number one corner, Byron Murphy, does he follow Lockett? Does he follow Metcalf? Does he shadow one or the other? And then Marco Wilson who, yes, struggled against the Panthers, though according to Coach Joseph has had a solid season and continues to make progress each and every week, and there's been no mention of sitting him or giving him some time off for someone else. So those two corners, and I'll throw in Robert Alford as well, that entire secondary, you mentioned Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, good to see Baker on the practice field on Friday, but those two wide receivers, because it's 1A, 1B, if you will, with Russell Wilson as the quarterback. Yeah, and, you know, Lockett's got 43 catches, 602 yards, 14 uh, average, three touchdowns. He's got a 69-yard touchdown. Metcalf, 42 catches, 606, 14-4. He has an 84-yard touchdown, and um, he's got uh, eight touchdowns on the year. So that's 11 touchdowns, and Metcalf has eight. And then Everett is the next guy. He only has 22 catches, 169 yards, and he has just one touchdown. But he's a target. He's a, he's a safety net for any quarterback. I'm going to guess that of all the Arizona Cardinals players, and you might even throw in Buda Baker here, but Byron Murphy has to be looking forward to this as he does every single season going up to Seattle. As he said earlier this week, quote, I've been happy this whole week and mentioned how much he's feeling just a little bit different vibe going into the place that he played in once upon a time when he was with the Washington Huskies in college and just going back to that area. So I expect Byron Murphy to have a solid game this week. I expect this entire Cardinals team, offense, defense, and special teams, to have a solid performance this week. Yeah, listen to Murphy. He's got his go-to restaurant. And he said it's really close to the, where the uh, the facility or the uh, stadium is. This is this is how bad their rushing game has been. 
Okay. Talking about the Seahawks? Yeah. Just they only have seven rushing touchdowns. Metcalf has eight receiving touchdowns. Big difference. The rushing game of the Seattle Seahawks is not good, hasn't been good for a long period of time. They're averaging 4-2. I mean, they, they've rushed 12, 212 times, 898 yards. Now, defensively, they've given up four, eight touchdowns on the ground. And so, but you would have thought they would have more rushing touchdowns. We just look at James Conner. How many touchdowns does he have? 11 rushing, and he has one as a wide, uh, as a reception. So, Again, you can go. It's it's every each week brings a different matchup. Each week brings a different element to the game. So again, if they don't have Chris Carson, I just don't see how they're going to be able to run the fall consistently. Again, two twenty-five is the kickoff from Lumen Field. Nine thirty a.m. pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. I've got a good feeling about this game. Because of what's at stake, it's Seattle week, it's a division opponent, the bye is just around the corner, and I understand those that might be a little leery that the team is looking ahead to the bye week, not so much for the rest, but the recovery and getting players back. Christian Kirk asked about that early in the week, completely understands that line of thinking, but believes that his team is not looking past this weekend's game against Seattle. Quote, because where we're at and the success that we've had so far into the season, every game each week, no matter who we're playing, becomes bigger than the next. He also added this, quote, they were disappointed in themselves last week. And that's... That's where you go back to when you were a little kid and you ask your parents, are you upset? No, I'm not upset. I'm disappointed in you. And that cuts even deeper. So for Kirk to say disappointed in the team's performance, and that's across the board. We couldn't single out anyone that actually played four solid quarters of football. That's the first time we've had to say that this entire season. Yeah, I thought a couple guys played well, but at the end of the day, like Cliff said, I mean, when you get beat that bad, there's no reason to single anybody out. But you need – and based on what we heard from a couple of defensive players this week, stay in your lane, do your job, don't freelance. And it was very clear from Jalen Thompson and, and on Friday, Jordan Phillips. We just got to stay in our lane. Um, don't don't freelance. Uh, stay, Do what you need to do. Um, and, and one thing that, you know um, – Diggs has three interceptions, but otherwise Jamal Adams only has one. So we'll see. Uh, I still think they're trying to find their identity uh, when it comes to that secondary. And Adams dealing with a groin injury that popped up on the injury reports on Thursday. So that's something to pay attention Mm -hmm. to as well. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. A reminder, Pro Bowl voting underway. Go to NFL.com slash Pro Bowl votes. You can vote through December 16th. Kyler Murray, James Conner, Rodney Hudson, DJ Humphreys, your favorite Arizona Cardinals players, Marcus Golden, Byron Murphy, Buda Baker, and, of course, you can vote for whomever you want to see in that game Sunday, February 6th. Before we head on out of here in this Week 11 Football Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2. Let's take a look at what else is going on within the NFC West as far as what is ahead for teams. The Rams do not play this week, and the 49ers, who have won two of their last three, are at the Jaguars. But it is a comfortable lead for the Cardinals within that division. They are the only undefeated team 
within the division. Cardinals 3-0, Rams 1-2, 49ers 1-3, Seahawks 1-1. But bigger picture, the NFC standings, the Cardinals, the two-seed, trailing the Packers who will play at the Vikings. So go Vikings on Sunday. But then the three-seed Cowboys, they're at the Chiefs. Buccaneers host the Giants on Monday Night Football. Again, we mentioned the Rams. They are off this week. They are the five seed. And rounding out the seven seeds, Saints at the Eagles. Panthers play Washington. And it was announced on Friday that Cam Newton will start for Carolina. Matt Rule making that known as Cam Newton now faces his former head coach, Ron Rivera, who is walking the sidelines with Washington. Yeah, and they both downplayed it this week. You know, the fact is, there's 106 players that are playing in that game, according to Cam Newton, which only 46 <laughs> trusts on game day. I know what he's talking about. Uh, Vikings are dealing with a lot of COVID issues this week. Um, uh, Green Bay's got to go on the road. Hope they can keep the game close there. Obviously, with the way San Francisco played, they got to get some momentum here. They're four and five. They're heading to Jacksonville. Um, and then you look at the uh, the other game is the Dallas Cowboys. They got to go on the road to play the Chiefs. So go let, Kansas City. Let's go Kansas City. And 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 then you you look at the Eagles. They're four and six. You know Dallas could have run away with that division. Saints are kind of hanging on by a thread, five and four there. But those are all the games that would affect the Arizona Cardinals. And and the Buccaneers. Um, they're going to play on Monday night at home against the Giants. Got to think that Bruce Arians has the red ass all week, and they're going to play well. And Tom Brady's going to come out and put on a show. Yeah, the Buccaneers six and three. Although it was around this time a year ago where they flipped the switch and made that tremendous run to close out the regular season, and then obviously winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it was right after they lost to the Chiefs, and they had a bye week, and they didn't lose the rest of the season. Yeah, so Cardinals keeping an eye, as a couple of players mentioned this week. Yeah, they are paying attention. They're doing a little scoreboard watching within the division and some of those higher-seeded teams because the importance of getting that number one seed, not only home field advantage throughout, but a first-round playoff. Yeah, and and something you mentioned a moment ago I want want to touch on. The Cardinals aren't, you know – Yes, the bye week can't get here soon enough because they want to get some of their better players back. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Murray on Sunday. And then you get, you know, Hop coming back and Pew. And then finally, you know, Chase Edmonds. Uh, Again, there's no throwaway games. And that's why it's disappointing what happened last week. But the, the beauty about the NFL, you get to tee it up again next week. And you can put all that behind you. And they they say it more than we do. Good teams don't lose two in a row, regardless if it's on home or away. So, it's just when we talk about the buy, it's about getting their better players back. That's what we're talking about. If you can get through this this stretch right here, um, that's what that's what it's all about. It's it's not about oh we're looking ahead to the buy. Yeah, when the schedule comes out, we look at home opener, um, prime time games. When's the bye week? Because that's when you know you're going to need your rest. So they're not overlooking any team. Maybe we do it here because we know they need Hop back. We know that they need Pew back, and we know they need Chase Edmonds back. But that's they're not looking ahead. I can tell you that they're not wired like that. And I was disappointed how they performed last week. But, again, that's the beauty of the NFL. You get a chance to tee it up one more time. Cardinals bounced back into the win column after their loss to the Green Bay Packers, beating the 49ers in San Francisco. Can they do it again, bouncing back from a home loss, winning a division game on the road in Seattle? Should be a lot of fun. Always look forward to the Cardinals and Seahawks matchups. 
On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.